Man, people crazy out these streets, bro. I've been grinding since I was like 15 with this music, bro. I've learned that I can't please everybody. And there's been a lot of love, but there's also been misunderstanding, hate, and this box they put me in. And it makes them uncomfortable if I'm not in it. DJ KJ. And I ain't in it. What's up, welcome back to I Went Out, I'm Manny, and today is Monday, so of course we have another installment of our James series, before we jump in, just a reminder to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play, leave us a rating and or review, that's helpful to us, but it also helps you guys so that you don't miss out on any content when it drops. Alright, so today we actually get to close out our James chapter 1. And um, we're going to finish off with James uh, 1 verses 26 and 27. But instead of um, really just going line by line, we're going to kind of uh, give an overview and then um, answer a few questions. Uh, So I'll, I'll read it real quick. If anyone thinks he is religious without controlling his tongue but deceiving his heart, his religion is useless. Pure and undefiled religion before our God and Father is this, to look after orphans and widows in their distress and to keep oneself unstained by the world. What do you see there? Uh, just overall, Nick. <sighs> A lot. <laughs> that our tongues are, uh, our tongues are dangerous. Mm. Um, they deceive us. They deceive others. They hurt others. Um, and I think it comes down to because our tongue is controlled by what's in our heart. Yeah. Um, and it's not, I think Jesus talks about it in Matthew 15 mm. where he's addressing the Pharisees talking about how, you know, Oh, you can't do this. You can't eat that. You can't all this. And Jesus is like, Nope, hold on. Let me, let me yeah. put it. Let me put y'all straight. Defilement comes from within. Yeah. And he says, listen, and understand. It's not what goes into the mouth that defiles a man, but what comes out of the mouth, this defiles a man. Mm. And then he goes on to say um, later on, for from the heart comes evil. Oh, wait. But what comes out of the mouth comes from the heart, and this defiles a man. For from the heart comes evil thoughts, murders, adulteries, sexual immoralities, thefts, false testimonies, and blasphemies. These are the things that defile a man. Um, I think that's really important is because I'm a words of affirmation dude. Mm. So I know the weight behind words and yeah. what words mean. Um, if I were to say, oh, bro, man, I love you, man. You mean a lot. And then to tell you all these things you've done, yeah. that w- you would feel that. But if I were to tear you down, mm-hmm. that would hurt. Yeah. It'd be painful because our, our, our mouths, our tongues, we've got to really control them. And I think that's the beauty of learning how to be slow to speak mm-hmm. and, quick, and quick to listen. Yeah. Because sometimes when we're reactionary, we can just pop off and say something. Our tongue will get us and so, our mouth will get us in so much trouble. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, for me, that's been a hard lesson along the way. Mm-hmm. Um, I've, said some, I've said some really hurtful things to people I love. Yeah. Um, I've said some really harm, harmful things and hurtful things to people I didn't love back in the day. Um, and we just got to really learn how to tame our tongue and yeah. get control of it. Because, again, like I love how he says it. You know, if anyone thinks he's religious without controlling his tongue, then the religion is useless and he only deceives himself. Yeah. Like, if I want to claim to be a Christian, yet I'm still tearing people down verbally, mm-hmm. it's, it's meaningless. I don't have real faith. Um, my words should be edifying. My words should be encouraging. My words should be correcting. Mm-hmm. I, if there's someone needs some correction, I'll bring correction. But I'll bring that correction in a loving way, not a hurtful way. Yeah. Um, that's my first thoughts on that, I guess. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I think these two verses are interesting. 
Um, you know, because James says that like real religion is to be doers and not mere hearers. Mm -hmm. um, and one way of doing this is just controlling your tongue. Yeah. Um, but he also just makes this point of that true religion isn't merely public worship, yeah. rituals, it's charity and purity. And you know, I was telling Nick before this, like when I when I was reading this. I just started to think of like what we're doing with Avert and like how like the Lord placed on Nick's heart about how this is just not going to be um, merely a Sunday worship gathering. Yeah, it's going to be so much more than that. It's going to be about us rolling up our sleeves and um, and really being in the community, yeah. being the hands and feet of Jesus. Yep. That is what pure and undefiled religion is about. Yeah, yeah. So I want to ask this question: um, How can we be in the world? But not of it. <laughs> oh, that's a tough question. Oh, that's not a tough question. Mm. It's tough. Yeah, I think it's tough to remember that we are on. We're like we're citizens of heaven. Mm -hmm. Like that's where my citizenship is. Yeah. Like before America, before all that. Like my like once I said yes to Jesus, I now live for that kingdom. Yeah. Um. And that kingdom has a different way of doing things than the way the world has. Mm -hmm. Um, and you got to learn that sometimes the hard way because <laughs> um, there's some things like in my life that I've had to die to over the years and so it takes and again like we talk about all the time on this podcast like intentionally dying to self because yeah. um, some of the things in this world will distract us yeah. and take us away from what God wants us to be doing um, so it looks like I'm trying to think of like a good thing to, or a good way to explain what it looks like to live in the world but not of it um okay here i'm gonna throw this out there because i've used this multiple times in some certain circles that have gotten me the weird eye <laughs> i am no longer struggle with alcohol at all like it is not a vice for me um it's just not yeah. um so a way for me to live in the world but not of the world in my opinion, and some of the things I've wanted to do is go to a bar. Mm. I ain't going to drink. Yeah. Um, but what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit down and I'm going to talk. Because, I, I mean, I've been at bars. Yeah. I went to bars to get drunk. Mm. I yeah. went to bars to drown my pain. Yeah. Um, so I can, by not being of the world, but li or, but by not being of the world, I'm going to go there to share hope, to love, mm -hmm. to befriend. Um if I was going to live in the world, I'd just go and drink and have a good time. But yeah. that's not what I'm doing. So that's one. this is one of the examples, you know, like it's, if it's something that God has helped bring you through, mm -hmm. first of all, that's your testimony then. You don't have a testimony until God's brought you through it. That's right. Like you can't use that as a testimony until you've been healed, until you know like God has brought you all the way through. That's not your that's on testimony. Mm -hmm. If I'm still struggling with it, that's, that's a struggle. <laughs> it's yeah. a current thing. Um, eventually, hopefully it becomes that part of my testimony. But like for that, like it's part of my testimony. Like he brought me through that. Yeah. And I think he brought me through that for good reason. And now I can use that to go reach others and who are in that brokenness, who are in that place. Yeah. Um, so this is one little example. Might not be the best example, but there's tons of other ways. Yeah, that was good. Um, it's positioning ourselves, finding ourselves in circles that some would call worldly or that we would call worldly, mm -hmm. um, but shine brightly for the king. Yeah. Because um, I think it's we don't want to live for this world, but we're in this world. Yeah. And it's our job while we're in this world to shine brightly for Jesus wherever we are. Yeah. We can't expect the world to come to us. We have to go to it and we have to live within it and we have to shine within it. Amen.
So, in a smart way, don't be foolish when you hear my words. <laughs> I'm like, okay, I'm gonna go live for the world. I'm gonna go live for the uh, live for the kingdom, but I'm also gonna live for the world at the same time. Mm-hmm. It just doesn't work. Yeah, it, they come in conflict. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you do it from the the lens of um, being a person of faith. Yeah, you know, clinging to Jesus. Um, you know, I think of it, it just playing off of what you said, just um, acknowledging people for who they are. Yeah. They are creations of God. Um, they all matter. You know, they uh, are all loved by yep. God, regardless if we think it or not, regardless of their sin, regardless of their status, yeah, or what have you. Um, you know, we talk about it all the time. Like our, God, our job is to love God and love others. Yeah. Um, and so I think it's a part of us just crossing those, those lines of um, just beyond the people who are like us who are just christians and stuff we reach to those who are of different statuses yeah and and we do so in the way of um just trying to reach them yeah um you know and not being we're unstained by the world so it's not like we're trying to we're jumping into the fire and we're trying to get stained or you know burned by it but we're bringing the gospel with us we're bringing the light into darkness and the darkness is not supposed to overcome that it yeah. can't yeah uh so it's like so if you are shining your light regardless of where you're going what atmosphere you're in it should you know permeate yeah um and so i think that's that's uh that's the way you kind of like live you know in the world and, and but not being of it amen well you said something that have curse maybe th- of course maybe think of something is i hate the word i hate when people use oh they're just worldly people mm. Like, yeah, you, you, you're not wrong. Yeah. But when we have that kind of mentality, it says a lot more about our heart mm. than it does about them. Because if we're viewing then when we have that viewpoint of people, it can be really easy to look down on somebody. Um, oh, they're doing this, that, and hope oh, they're worldly. Like, oh, ah, don't yeah. do that. Don't yeah. do that. Don't do yeah. that. <laughs> um, and I even, I don't know, for some reason, I think when we have that kind of mindset, it really speaks again to our heart, like what's in that person's heart. Like I think about the time where we were told um, someone walked up to us and approached us and said, oh, our church is that church that's only going to reach, reach criminals, gangbangers, and prostitutes, and drug yeah. dealers, right? And how is this like, I want to chokeslam you, mm. uh, but that's not healthy. <laughs> uh, but no, yeah, that's who we are. Absolutely. Yeah. All day. I'll, I will, if that's on my gravestone when I'm dead, amen. amen. Because again, I made sure, we made sure that we went to the places where the gospel had not been. Yeah. We went to the people who are living in the world yeah. and brought them to the love and redemption that is found in Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, because again, when that, when that statement was being said to me, I wanted to respond out of anger, but that wasn't healthy. Right. Um, but in that, it was in that moment where I realized this was a heart thing. Mm-hmm. I came from a a place of how they view people and that's that was more i think frustrating and upsetting to me than the actual statement itself is to know that that came from a point of how they view people mm-hmm. you viewed them as drug dealers you were viewing them as criminals you were viewing them as this and it was like almost a sense of like that means you're probably more than likely not going out to intentionally reach people yeah. um if they come to you good that means they're looking to be cleaned up um mm-hmm. but it's just it sucks because it's it hurts to know because i was that person I wasn't always clean. Yeah. Um, but it says a lot more about the heart than it does about 
the person who's actually living that. The person who thinks that, it says a lot more about them than it does who the person they're talking about. Um, and as Christians, we cannot take that mindset because it's quick to get prideful from that. Mm-hmm. And it's quick to not take action yeah. about that. You're like, oh, they'll always be this. Like, no, please go reach them, love them. Yeah. They are created in God's image. Yes, they might have track lines all up and down their arms. Mm-hmm. Guess what? They're still created in the image of God. Amen. And they need to hear the gospel of Jesus Christ, yeah. who will redeem them from that pain. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's right, man. You know, you mentioned that that term worldly, you know, versus where we just get normally the Christianese and just, oh, yeah. we're, we're Christians and those are the worldly people. You kind of see that too. Like, you see that in the business world. Yep. Um, where, like, if you don't have a business that is very clearly Christian, then you're viewed as having like a, a worldly business yeah and but that doesn't necessarily mean that the person who owns a business is not a christian yeah just because he's doing a service he's an attorney or something like that it doesn't mean that he's not working and servicing these people in a godly manner yeah or you know like we, we talk about music a lot and you see so many you know it's split up in genres and subgenres and stuff and and it's like so there's the christian world the gospel world and then everything else is secular and um you know just because a person sings about love or whatever doesn't make that person not a christian yeah or even <laughs> if they are you know it's so it's like so we categorize these things and it all almost you know kind of points to the point of like us trying to make ourselves the final judge yeah like we are not the final judge um yes we are supposed to use judgment good judgment um but we are not the final judge yeah um we don't know who's going to get to heaven yeah ultimately <laughs> so let's you know let's treat one another with love amen and 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 go about these things the right way amen one thing i've been thinking a lot about recently and i guess this could be a sign that you're starting to live a little more for the kingdom and not for this world but living in this world is when you begin to see people see their flaws see their failures see some of the things that we the world or even christianity would attribute as negative mm. and seeing how that can be used to glorify god wow. um that's been like for me like I see some people's flaws, um, recognizing, of course, my own flaws first because I got lots of them, um, and then seeing, wow, what if we flipped this? Mm-hmm. What if they came to know the Lord and how how God could use what we perceive as a flaw yeah. to be the platform from which the minute like God's kingdom can move forward in that mm-hmm. individual's life and reaching people from that? And it's yeah. just that I think that can be a sign of like you know when we're really being kingdom focused and not li- but and not living in the world. Um, are living in the world but not living for the world mm-hmm. um, seeing things from a kingdom perspective because um, I look like in leadership like I'm not looking for perfect people right. I'm looking people with some flaws I'm looking people that for people that might be some might be like well they got this bad character they get angry they get good mm-hmm. I like anger mm-hmm. and I sound, that sounds terrible as I say that but it's true Yeah. because that anger can be turned to passion and that passion can mm-hmm. be used for good things to bring glory to God's name now it takes some training mm-hmm. It takes the Holy Spirit to refine that and yeah. redeem that, but that's what I look for. I'm not looking for the squeaky clean because the squeaky clean ain't really clean at all anyway. Yeah. <laughs> the squeaky clean's got a lot of pride issues probably. That's right. So, that's right. Yeah, it's just, there's a lot, man. I mean, you see that with Paul. You see that with yep. Peter. Um, yep. Peter's my uh, my spirit animal. <laughs> <laughs> I can see that. <laughs> <laughs> Getting corrected by Jesus all the time. Like, bro, sit, Peter, shut up. Who gets... Like, bro, Peter called Jesus Messiah. Mm-hmm. Not long after that, Peter, Jesus saying, "Get behind me, Satan!" He's yeah. like, "Oh, how quickly you fell!" <laughs> <laughs> so, 
So I can relate a lot to that, man. And yeah. uh, and that's beautiful to me. There's something biblical, or I don't know, the way we view leadership. I know we're getting off track here. Christians view leadership in a really weird way. Um, on it's like, man, you messed up. You're done. Sit on yeah. the bench. You're never going to lead again. Right. Um, but that's not what I see in the Bible. Yeah. When I see, I see Jesus bring correction. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe a sit down for a season, yeah. but he never just automatically says, you're done. You can never do this again. Yeah. Instead, he uses a, teach- a teachable lesson mm-hmm. to empower, to, which will eventually be able to be used to bring further glory to his name. Right. Um, but so often I see in leadership, someone makes a mistake and I'm not talking big, like if you have an affair, you need to sit down for a while. All right. Um, if you, if you're robbing the church, you need to sit down for a while. If you're doing things like that, you need to sit down, but like small things, um, maybe you misspoke, maybe you did something. I've seen the hammer come down on some people, um, where it could have been a conversation and a really good teachable lesson. Um, and that's why I love giving people chances. I'm like, okay, yeah, you jacked up. Okay, cool. Let's try again. Let's walk through this and work through why you made this decision. Right. Um, but let's get you back on that path to be leading because that's what I saw Jesus doing with Peter. Peter, he did that Peter a ton. Yeah. Um, I mean, Jesus, I mean, Peter denied Jesus three times mm-hmm. and he still used him. That's right. So, I mean, Paul persecuted the church, still used him. Mm-hmm. James and John were lobbying to be the sitting next to on his left and right. And he still used them. Mm-hmm. I mean, that was pride there and he still used them. So, right. yeah. He takes broken things and uses them and gives them chance after chance. So, Amen. Amen. So I think that kind of goes well into this, this final question. Um, you know, we've seen it so much in James 1. How do we control our tongues? Shutting up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, learning how, when to speak and not speak. Um, I think here, as Christians, we have to be reminded that it is not our job to speak badly, negatively, are harmful or judgmentally for people who are not Christians. Mm-hmm. It's not our job. Mm-hmm. We are not to do that. We are to speak love and the grace and mercy and all that. And uh, so often I see judgmental Christians with people who are not Christians, people putting Christian values on people who aren't even proclaiming to be Christian. Right. We can't do that. Yeah. Um, and then just spouting out the mouth saying crazy things is like, whoa, this person's never going to come to Christ now. Yeah. Uh, well, we can't determine that, but you know yeah, what I mean? Like, yeah. because of your words, it's going to make it a lot harder for this individual to come to Christ than it would have been before. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think, so in that sense, we have to learn how to control our tongues and to learn our place on what to say. Um, now, in the church, that's where it's okay to bring correction and bring, not judgment like, you know, I'm judging you, but... Yeah calling it out to to help that person right because that person's supposed to know better that person's supposed to already have known how to live this um so i think that's one way we can control the tongue is learning our place on what to say and what to say who, to say, who we can say things to and who we should not be able to say things and who god told us not to say things to right um and it takes a long time it takes again a lot of dying to self that's right um because pride and the ego tells us when someone says something, I got to jump back and say something right away. Yeah. But right. no, you don't. You don't have to say anything. That's right. Just listen. That's right. And then speak out of love after that. Not out of anger, not out of rage, all those things. Because we will genuinely say things we're going to later regret. Yeah. No, I completely agree. You know, you mentioned it there. I think, you know, so often we just talk about, um, you know, being in, on the receiving end, making sure that you're a listener. 
um, listening first, being quick to listen. Um, but but also just like I think that deeper root of it where it is like some bit of pride yeah. for those who are just like so quick to speak. Um, you know, sometimes it's like you just want to hear your own self. Yeah. You like hearing yourself. Oh, you like your voice, huh? Yeah. All right. <laughs> <laughs> and I mean, you like being right. You like trying to get the victory, and you know, you know, there, there's, there's, it's, it's all about what is your heart. Yeah. On on what you're saying, um, you have to check your heart and your motives behind it because if it's to just prove and you know to have your way and so on and so forth, then you're not doing it from the right heart. Yeah. You know that's 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 not the way that we go about things as Christians. Um, so yeah, you know it's and it's not easy. It takes yeah. Jesus. It really does take us leaning in on on Jesus. Um, I, I had mentioned something on Twitter a while back, and somebody just asked me like, um, I think I told I, I, I wrote something about how before I post anything, like I, I constantly think about if I need to post this, and it, it could be like very something simple because most of the stuff I post on Twitter is football. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> but. You know, and I told her, I was like, and there's a lot of things that I just don't post um, because once I check my motive behind it, it's like my motive behind trying to post these things um, is to not necessarily be heard, but to be like right on it. Yeah. You know what I mean? And um, I have to constantly check my motives. I have to constantly check my motives when trying to correct somebody online and stuff like, am I just trying to be, you know, shaming them and trying to be... Yeah put on the public display so that people see that this person is wrong and I'm right. So you gotta like, you gotta constantly check your heart on it. Um, you know, and like I told that person because they were like, well, you know, sometimes you gotta just say what you wanna say. Yeah. Because it's your your platform and stuff. I'm like, you know, you gotta be careful about that because, um, you know, as a Christian, we have to walk in in righteousness and God's right way of doing things. And so, and and again, it just takes us really leaning in and trusting in Jesus it takes Jesus to help us do this the right way. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I think I think it's key to learn your place. Yeah. Um I think of the example of I was invited to be a um I guess like an MC hmm. essentially between a very important dialogue that was being done. Um and the two were talking and they were both like, you know, my only job was to ask the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, both of them gave their response, and I felt myself saying, "Oh, I disagree with what they said. Mm-hmm. I have to chime in," and but I wasn't asked to. Yeah. And if I would have spoke there, my, my, what I might have been saying, might, or what I was going to say, might have been right, mm-hmm. might have brought more fruit to the conversation. But that wasn't my place. Yeah. I was not asked to be a part of the dialogue. I was asked to simply just ask the questions. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think sometimes some of us, like myself included, like I just said, yeah. we feel the urge. Oh, I got to say something here. I got to say something here. Even though we have no place to say anything there. That's right. like we weren't invited into that conversation. Yeah. Um, but it's hard for us to bite our tongue sometimes. So I think it really does. It takes self-control and to learn your place. Mm-hmm. So, which is not an easy thing to do. Yeah. I mean, it says in Ecclesiastes, there's a time for everything. Yep. And we got to be used to godly discernment to, to be able to discern the right time to say things. Uh, I feel like one of the fruit of the spirits that we just always gloss over is just self-control. Yes. You know, it's yes. like that's the one that's like people forget about and that is like hardest to accomplish. Um, and so it's important to just have self-control. Yes. Yeah. I was trying to think of the, I'm trying to find the passage because I recently read it. Oh, here we go. I love this because I think controlling the tongue takes, t- controlling the tongue takes humility. And I love this, mm. this, um, 
this passage that Jesus teaches about humility. And, you know, he says, he told a parable to those who were invited. When he noticed how they would choose the best places for themselves, when you are invited to, uh, when you're invited by someone to a wedding banquet, don't recline at the best place because a more distinguished person than you may have been invited by your host. The one who invited both you may come. The one who invited both of you may come and say to you, "Give your place to this man," and then, in humiliation, you will have you will proceed to take the lowest place. But when you are invited, go and recline in the lowest place, so that when the one who invited you comes, he will say to you, "Friend, move up higher." You will then be honored in the presence of all other guests, for everyone who exalts himself will be be humbled, and the one who humbles himself will be exalted. So I think I say that because I think it does take humility. And so often when we're trying to make our voice heard and known, Mm -hmm. we're trying to be distinguished. We're trying to be, we're trying to stick out from what everybody else is saying. Um, And like right here, what Jesus is saying is like, nope, sit back. Um, And then, because then when someone calls on you and says, hey, Nick, can you speak to this? Mm -hmm. That is more, you were invited into it. Um, and let that be the honor there that you are invited into the conversation for what you can bring to the conversation. That's right. Um, not pounding your chest, shouting at the top of your, uh, as loud as you can to tell your side or tell yeah. something. Yeah. Um, so it does take humility. That's right. Um, it's not, it's not about exalting ourselves and exalting our thoughts, mm-hmm. our views. It's about exalting Jesus. Yeah. Um, and being humble. Amen. Amen. All right, guys. Uh, I think we forgot last episode to remind you guys. Um, if you have any questions on during this James series, to email Nick. At, yeah. Uh, Nick. Nick at avertchurch.com. Nick at avertchurch.com. Send uh, us a voice memo. Yeah. Twenty second question. Or for you, state your name, who you are, and then say your question. Yep. And we'll get we'll play them on at the end and answer your questions as best we can. Yep. Absolutely. All right, guys. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Play. Um, leave a rating and or review. And we will speak to you all on Wednesday. See you. Peace.